What's up, fam? This is Scott Smith. Welcome back to the Time is Right podcast. Um, I'm your host, and uh, I'm here with a couple wonderful people. Uh, we are back in the podcast palace in Upper Darby with Mr. Jared Topmop. Moses, Yo. what's good, brother? <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? It's good to have you back. Uh, we also have another guest here, because um, we're going back in time to uh, June 7, 2022. We're in the summertime, and we're going to June. And uh, why we have this particular person is because this entire episode really revolves around her. The story's all about her. And so I'm going to introduce her to you, uh, but she's going to introduce herself. I should say that. But Eva, Eves, they they named her Eves. Hey, they what's called up? her Eves. <laughs> I don't even know. They named her Eves. They, they named, named her Eves. You got That's it. You got they, it. The, the yeah. Instagram. It's, oh, welcome so, to the pot. Thanks. It's so good to be here with you guys. Um, can you guys just, just go ahead? Is that just the Instagram handle, or is that like the actual artist title you wanted? Yeah, no, no, no. That's the Instagram handle. It's not the okay. artist title, but That's it's because all of these different groups of people in my life, like ripe people, people from when I was growing up, have all made my name Eves. Okay. Like they nickname me Eves. Like Josh calls me Eves, Josh Schaefer. Yeah. And then people from my church, city life, and then people from my childhood. Like it's just, I don't know why, but it's followed me my whole life. So they named me. They named you Eves. Yeah, didn't have a choice. Your technical name is Eva. My technical name, my birth name is Eva, yes. <laughs> but everybody else just calls you Eves. And so uh, just Eves, stuck. yeah, they just, it's actually longer than my actual name. So There you go, guys. Artist name, origin story, you won't find it anywhere else. That's, there we go. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, you are an artist. Yes. What else do you want to say about yourself just from an introduction standpoint? Because this is your first time on the pod. People don't know who you are. yeah. Uh, just as an introduction, um, I'm a singer-songwriter, probably mostly in the pop realm of music, but uh, I feel like the way that I create art is to just bridge the gap between non-believer and believer and create a neutral space for people to feel encouraged and interact with music and to feel like they can be in the same space and have conversation. So That's what's up. And Jared doesn't need any introductions. You already know who this man is. You've had like seven introductions for me at this he point. Fabulous. He's <laughs> fabulous. the top mom. Top mom. <laughs> so many episodes just walking in. Yes. Jared's always here. Uh, it's it's always a joy whenever he can have a microphone. Though. Whether or not you hear me, I am here whenever these are recorded. <laughs> that is a fact. Um, today's going to be a really special episode. Um, I think this will be a unique episode. It's going to be different um, than a lot of our other ones because... All these episodes go back in time to talk about a date specifically, and we're going to do that, but I think probably half of this episode is actually going to focus on what happened after the event, um, which I think is you know kind of a unique thing. We always talk about the impact of an event, um, you know what happened, the conversations that, that transpired because the event happened, um, but we're going to spend a heck of a lot of time on your process after the event because it, in a lot of ways, impacted you, yeah, which we'll get to, um, and then some things that have transpired because of that impact on you and you know hey okay just stay here because there's some stuff coming you know um but let's let's go back um let's first talk about just creatives in general i've, I've said this on other yes. episodes about the gallery um about the concert event you know that we did with doc hero the gallery with marguerite um creatives is a platform of ripe creatives that we have launched to serve other artists in the city of philadelphia mm. um it's a tuesday night event you know, exclusively, we throw it on a day of the week that there's not a lot of other things going on. And it's a way for us to serve other artists and creatives. Now, the flagship 
of that has been our open mics. That's how we're most known in the city. We've done concerts, we've done galleries, but mainly we're known as an open mic platform. And um, this open mic um, was legit. It was June 7th. It was uh, technically supposed to be a creative's peer, um, which that means it was going to be outside of Venice Island. Yep. Um, and, you know, classic uh, Tuesday night in the summer in Philadelphia, there was rain. Um, it's only Tuesdays, too. Like, the rest know. of the week is perfectly clear whenever we have to cancel and go inside. Yes. It's just Tuesday. I don't know what it is. I don't know what about Tuesday just attracts the tears of the Lord, but it does, you know? <laughs> I think it would be Monday for all of us. The storms of heaven <laughs> arrive on Tuesdays. Um, but I think, you know, and this is a credit to our team, we always have a backup plan, right? If we're going to be outside, there's a backup plan for us to not be outside in case of uh, inclement. What is that word? Inclement weather? Inclement. That I sounds think right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I thought I made it up, but that's good. Um, so we did have inclement weather. It wasn't terrible, but it did rain, mm -hmm. and we were really second guessing our decision because we usually have to make a call by you know no later than noon the day of, and we made a decision we're going to move it inside, and so Creatives Pier became Creatives Cafe at High Point Performance Venue on Tuesday, June seventh. I remember the day before the event, Emily, who you guys should know on this podcast because Emily uh, was a part of the gallery episode. Emily's also on staff with Ripe Creative. She called me the day before the event and said, hey, Eva's wanting to drop her name in the bucket. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. I had already been feeling that for a couple of weeks. I had been to a couple of creatives events before, um, <coughs> but I was just feeling a nudge to share. And I was sitting on, I knew I was going to be releasing um, some music that upcoming Friday after the event. So made sense. Made sense. Yeah. To, to yeah. try it out. <laughs> and one of the weird nuanced things of the way that we do creatives open mics is that we do it lottery style where we have people drop their names in baskets based upon genre because we're intentionally cross genre and we pull names out of each basket and then we build the lineup the night of the event. A lot of people get mad at us about this because they want to have a guaranteed slot to perform um, but what we found is <laughs> it's actually what makes us different because every event has a totally different lineup than any other one we've ever had. And that is rare in the city of Philadelphia because a lot of events, you go to an open mic and that same 15, 20 artists performs at almost every single one because they just keep going back. And it's kind of their hub, their, their family. But for our audience, we want to create something unique. And so it wasn't even like a guaranteed slot that you were going to perform that night. Um, but you dropped your name in the bucket and the singer-songwriter, and you happened to get pulled. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty stinking dope. Um, I just want to go through the night of the event, because, yes, it was you know a move from outside to inside, which always comes with challenges. Um, but our team handled it super well. Jerry was like, all right, let's go. And we made our way over to High Point, set up the smoke and the lights, and you know did our normal level production as if it had been a plan all along. Um, DJ Angie came through to DJ. Um, we had the live band that night. Do you remember who was on the live band by any chance that night? Oh gosh, uh, Josh Schaefer was definitely on. Shafe Daddy. Um, Jason. Is that the, was that a night that Jason, Jason Weatherby? Weatherby was on. Oh, Josh played keys that night. Yeah, he was on drums. J Jason was on drums. Yeah, Jason was on drums. Esty was on... Esty's like, always on electric. Who was on bass? Mike, probably. 
I think it was supposed to be was BJ Mike. and then Mike. That was Mike's it was, first it was, event. It was Mike because, um, oh my gosh, BJ. Yeah. BJ had to leave last minute because of stuff going on with this girlfriend's family that yes. he had to go support her oh, like yeah. he showed up like in person That's like he didn't even need to he shows up apologizes he's like dude i'm oh. so sorry and we're like i'm like bro why are you even here please just go you gotta drive <laughs> to dc you get out of here DC now yeah mm. so we just uh, yeah we just sent him on his way prayed for him and then he left and then we're like all right mike time to step up and he was like oh geez so he ran home and got his base and came back and played um, so it was a really tight team. I mean, even in the midst of the, like the changes, Josh was supposed to be on drums, but because we, the keys player couldn't uh, come as well, and then the bassist switches out, Josh just jumps on keys, Jason jumps on kit, and it ended up being like super, super dope. It worked. It always does. Um, but here's here's a list of just the lineup of the night, just so people understand kind of how diverse of a lineup it is. Um, Unwanted was our opening incognito feature, 16-year-old kid, hip-hop artist. Was that the first time he was on? Yes. Hey. So good. Yeah, that was his first time. Wild. So good. Yeah, then there was a girl named Rachel who is like a bona fide superstar dancer. I don't know if you guys know this, but Rachel is like ridiculous, like like low-key kind of famous on TikTok as a dancer. But she did a spoken word poem. I was like, you got to come back and dance too. Um, so hopefully that'll happen soon. We haven't had a dancer in a while. I know. Um, then Kim uh, performed with her brother, uh, Jacob. Um, Kim was like this, the worship singer-songwriter. Yeah, she led a worship song. And Jacob beautiful. played keys behind her. Then Jake was on later on his own as well. Um, Jake actually, since that event, that was his first time at Creatives, is now been a part of the creatives band, right? Which is kind of crazy. Um, and then uh, we had Deborah do a spoken word. I believe there was uh, Lear was on as a hip hop artist. Q Flow was on that event as well. Um, he did a track with Abel. You know the drill. Julian Hartwell was there on keys, just doing his uh, like instrumentalist stuff. Oh yeah, playing keys, which is like always like a crazy vibe. He was at my very first creatives too. And this, that was that yeah, was only the second one. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and then T Hawk came in. Pound for pound. God, you hold it down. Mm, you know what so I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she came up, she came all the way from North Jersey. She was one of the incognito features. Um, because she was just driving two hours to get there. Mm. And so we just decided to line her up as one of like the guaranteed slots. I forgot. Um, with her making the trip, but she killed it too. Her energy is like through the roof. Like, yeah, people are going nuts. She's like, I drove two hours. I'm ready to bring it. Yeah, it was like, I'm on assignment. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. And then, uh, and then there was, uh, you know, singer songwriter named uh, Eves uh, popped up (laughs) on the open mic list. And then uh, there was a trio with a couple different poets and singer-songwriters, like, all together. And then the closing feature was a guy by the name of Brian Thomas. Yes. What and an animal. He's so a be- he he's drums a on a drum pad while singing. But he, he can also play a kit when he wants to. Oh, yeah. He's a great full kit player. And he orchestrates player. all of the backup. Like, everything is, like, he clicks it in. He has the computer in front of him, and he's, he's doing a lot of there. He's a one-man yeah. band. One-man band. Yeah. And so it was really cool to bring him because with our incognito features, we, we want to be cross-genre. We want there to be a high level of excellence. They need to be people who have been connected to what we've done before. Um, like even T-Hawk, that was her first time performing, but she was an applicant for the Ripe Creatives grant in 2020. 
Um, it's not like a rando. Like we had mm. a relationship with her. We've heard her entire testimony and story. And so, you know, when we're bringing people up as incognito features, they're connected to us. Brian, we met through Creatives Live open mics on Instagram during the pandemic. He would come through and drum. There's a story of him drumming, and he accidentally threw his stick while he was drumming, and it stuck in the ceiling tile <laughs> in the middle of his performance. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And so he's drumming with one hand while there's a stick stuck in the ceiling on the live stream. Oh I was like, bro, what are you doing? And you but know he's, he's so full steam ahead. Oh, yeah. He, he just didn't he stop. acted like yeah, he, didn't, yeah, yeah. He, he had two sticks the rest of the way, but he only had one. Um, but he's a great kid, and it was great to, to give something different because how often do you see somebody on stage with a drum pad and sticks with a vocal mic like doing that, you know, and that's that's part of what we want to do is give people something unique. Yeah, that lo-fi worship, so good. Yeah, it was super, super good. Um, everybody was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a clear moment, uh, and it's no shade on any other incognito feature, any other open mic person, but the way our desi- our events are designed to be cross-genre, it's almost like a roller coaster throughout the course of the night with like peaks and valleys, um, moments of contemplation and reflection, moments of hype and energy, and all of that, everybody on the lineup just built right to the moment when you walked out on stage mm-hmm. where everybody was just like both high energy and settled and like ready to engage in whatever was next. And then you walk out on stage and it just felt like perfect. Mm-hmm. And you got out there and did your thing and everybody there was like, who the heck is that? And the people already knew you were like, it's about freaking time. (laughs) Because you killed it. Mm. You killed it. I mean, after the event, we all talked about, man, this was Eva's show. Like, (laughs) this night will go down as that was the night Eva just took the stage and owned the night. And again, like, it's it's all part of a whole. It's one piece of the puzzle of the night. Mm. But Eva, you just, you killed it, fam. Mm. You really did. Thank you. So um, let's talk to you about that. Now that we have the framework of the event and what Mm -hmm. happened, how did you feel like while the other artists were performing, you're getting ready, like what was going on in your headspace and then coming out and all that stuff? Nervous. Oh, so nervous. Just because this space is, it, it calls on excellence. I mean, you guys never know, like anybody could get up there and share, but just the, the room was I think particularly excellent compared to maybe past events that I had been to. I think it was just, I think it's a luck of the draw, literally, right? Like it depends on who you pick, but it just felt like the room was already um, calling on a certain level of excellence of the musicians and just the band in general is like the creatives band is outstanding. And so Mm -hmm. I was feeling, I was feeling nervous and I was feeling like, you know, for me as an artist, I, had never been seen my music in a room. I had never seen anybody interact with the songs. I had only been doing it to just share with other people, uh, like through platforms, like through Spotify or Apple Music. But I was really doing it for me. Like I was just wanted to make more music. Um, and then to actually see it in the space was something that I was really nervous about because I was like, what if everybody just stares at me? Like what if it they don't get it? Like I want people to feel... Um, I want people to feel the moment when I wrote it. Like, and so I got to get up there. When I got up there, I just shared like, I want like people to realize that they're a vessel. And I kind of shared an intimate experience that I had, which I really think set the tone. Um, 
and I'm really transparent about it, but I was in, I was in counseling and my counselor was like, you're trying to be a vase. And like, maybe you're not a vase. Like maybe you're a bowl that's made for apples. And like, if we try to put flowers in you, like you don't make sense anymore. And so I wrote this song of that place. And I feel like the room, I could not have orchestrated this moment. Nobody there was capable of orchestrating this moment because it was all Holy Spirit, truly 100%. Um, because I, they had never heard the song before. It was dropping on Friday. I had never performed it live. And it was, they were with me. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, I literally, I, I just, I was so shocked. And at the same time, it, it did a lot. I don't know. It confirmed a lot for me and pushed me forward into a lot of what um, I'm doing now. So it was so good. It was so crazy. <laughs> That's how I feel. I was like, it was so great. It was so good that she's up there performing. And by the way, it wasn't just good from what you did. Mm-hmm. The band picked up. Oh, yeah. They like, were Ant in. was playing the track, doing what Ant does, like, to the highest degree of excellence. Jarrett's up there mixing things, throwing some delay and reverb on your vocals, I'm sure. Yes, and uh, the movers are moving around like crazy, you know, just lighting. The whole aesthetic looked like... This was a showcase that we had been planning and rehearsing for. Yeah. But it's just an open mic slot. Nobody, you thought I was coming up with the guitar. Yeah. You actually said it into the mic. You were like, I think she's going to play guitar or something. And I got up there and I was like, no, I got a track. <laughs> I, I got a track and it's a, like kind of a pop song. And probably nobody is ready for this because even when I wrote it, I wasn't ready for what the producer, his name is Adam. He's Adam David recording. I wasn't ready for what he did with it. Mm-hmm. So this is like... I mean, it's literally kickstarted me into a genre. But the band, that this is what's crazy about creatives. This band, they don't hear anything before except maybe the features. And sometimes not even that. Yeah, not usually. <laughs> they, don't want, they don't want to spend time doing it. And they're good enough to just pick it up by ear. Yeah. And it was just, they locked in. It was immediate. Like Everything was ready. The, the, the sound, oh, it was, it was electric. It really, really. was. Yeah. And I was... It was so good that I decided whenever your song was done and you were like, that's it. I was <laughs> like, I, tried to leave. I was like, no, <laughs> I literally just left her up there. She was like, okay. And I was like, just keep going. <laughs> and oh yeah. Just, I thought you were in the back, like having a meeting with Dar or something. I was just like, do we keep going? Like, do I just need to turn Ant up? Like, are, are we transitioning? Is the band going to play for no, a minute? I, I was, I was fully aware of what was happening. Yeah. I was just like, I'm leaving you up there. In They're my mind, worst. I was like, thank God I'm a worship leader and I've had to have this moment before like, <laughs> where the pastor's just like, keep going. And you're like, keep going with what? Like the song's over. Like, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like... You but made it back and then you started doing some other stuff. I started doing some other stuff and I I think that that's where I was like, wow, they are really with me. Like, because mm-hmm. I actually was, I got to like, it took it took this song right where I get to encourage people to be themselves and then it was... I had to be myself to the fullest as an artist and still encourage the room and include them in what I was doing. And they were still with me. Like they were, and it, it kind of, I came off stage and I was just like, cause we had that moment. I mean, it was probably like an extra, like what, five, four or five minutes. Like me on stage. It might've been that much. Yeah. Cause I think I tried to leave maybe two or three times and Scott was like, no, no, do the bridge again. It's quite not, it's not quite done. And that's what's crazy is the track was done. And the like, band kept and playing. the band just kept playing like they kept as going if it with was it. still the track. Yeah. Mean, they just picked it up by ear and continued yeah. to play. Was that was a, any of the stuff that you were doing in that second half? 
where, you know, I forced it to happen. Was any of that just like free flowing or was that stuff you had written? No, it was all free flowing. That's crazy. Yeah, it was all free flowing. I had never, because I had never played, had the song played live in a room, I only knew it to the like last beat of the track. The only thing that I planned was I wanted this, I wanted this moment where I could sing something with them that they could interact with. Um, and it was um, in having them start that. And then I think that they were just then they were with me. Like it was a call and response. It was an interaction. Um, it was so good. Yeah, I, I think I, I thought it was freestyle. I was like, I'm pretty sure that this is just oh, yeah, completely freestyle. freestyle, like prophetic yep. in the space, hearing from the Lord, singing stuff over people. Yeah. It was so raw. There was a whole keep with it moment. Do you remember the time you came up on stage? You were like, everybody's saying, keep saying, because then you kept. Like, <laughs> Scott was like, she's going to come off stage, but I'm going to keep with it. You know what I mean? Let's all keep singing it. And the band kept going. It was good. You got to sing so the cool. melody so people understand. Yeah, it was like, um, it was call and response. So it was like, keep with it, keep with it, keep with it, keep with it. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And it was just a lot of that. And you could see people were, in, people were crying. Like it was, the, the spirit was moving. I mean, again, I could not have orchestrated the moment if I tried. It was, it was, uh, yeah. It's great that you kept me up there because I would have never stayed up there. That's that's also like right. That's leadership. That's the Holy Spirit being like, no, you need to stay up there and like lead. But that also speaks to the trust that we have yep. between us two, which is I think what organically kickstarted a lot of what's happening now. <laughs> yes, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it, I thought you were just pulling from another song up there. <laughs> no, no, no. All, no. I mean, I was pretty confident. I was like, this is all right now. This is being created mm. in the space, which is always like the best parts about creatives is, I mean, there was a time where we had an open mic performer and then we grabbed another guy who was like a crazy mm. vocalist and he started singing the hook over somebody else's song and like creating moments that wouldn't have happened yeah. that were outside of our natural plan is always like the sweetest thing. So I just was like, this is happening. Yeah. This is going to happen right now. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was totally not planned. <laughs> it was so good so yeah I mean the the night the night overall was crazy I mean you do your thing then that little trio comes up Brian comes up and does his thing and you know I just it was such a light around you that night and people that were really touched by your song whether you heard the stories or not I mean there was even some like um, pretty specific stories that I, I'm just not super comfortable sharing with on pod but people who are really touched by your song that are just like, wow, God is moving in such a unique way uh, through this entire event. But there was clearly something around what you did that was so specific for people. Like to me, I, that's where the gospel presentation or getting to have a conversation with somebody about faith it, at a creative space is so easy, right? Because God's already been revealing himself through the artists themselves so then to be able to have a conversation with somebody about faith or about yes this is connected to this whole jesus character that you've been resisting or pushing away um it's just potent mm -hmm. it's like i mean i've always said this right art has power to cut through you can sing things you cannot say right shout out to elvis as uh, Elvis's manager or whatever. Um, but then also the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Mm -hmm. 
And I've always felt like, man, if the gospel is the power of God unto salvation and art has power and you combine those things together, you can get through to people who would never walk into a church on Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. never be willing to come to your Bible study, but you can still communicate the kingdom and the value of the kingdom and what Jesus has done through the arts right where they are. Um, And that happened that night, like in really potent ways and really specific ways for specific people. It was just obvious that God was moving, and it was a blessing to watch it happen. Yeah. There were two moments for me that um, I really kind of, for me as an artist, one one is, I guess this is three, one, Creatives Philly is the most supportive room like that I've ever been in. Um, from just the attendance among like, the community itself that's like volunteer based, but then also just the mood that's set. I mean, anybody who gets up there like is completely supported by what's happening, really wants the best for whatever artist is up there. And that sets the tone. But then when I came off stage, I really, I was, I was like super impacted in the sense that, okay, well now we have to do something with this, right? I can't just... You can't forget a moment like that. (laughs) Once it happens, it's out there and it's happening. And I was starting to feel the stir of like, this is, okay, I need to maybe start to take this music thing a little bit more seriously on getting it in a room with people and allowing people to interact with the sounds that like God has put in me and God is touching these these songs and um, to steward them well. So I was feeling that when I first came off stage and people were super encouraging and were like lifting me up. But then I had this moment with, um, with a young woman that came up to me and she was in tears at the end. This is at the very end of the set after Brian Thomas came up to me and was like, hearing you make sound and make your music and share your song inspires me to share my music and make sound for, for Jesus and to share it with others. And I really wanted to tell you that. I, I didn't even get her name. I mean, she was it was like in and out, and mm-hmm. she, she kept going. But to me, that was the confirmation. That was the moment where I was like, okay, like if all of heaven cheers for one, like that's the one for me. Yep. Um, in that moment, art should make others want to make art. It should multiply. Yes. And um, in that moment, that was like, that was Christ being like, you can disciple people through this. Like there's discipleship happening. Cause now that girl in, in my prayer still for her is that she's sharing whatever is happening in her, in her music world. So. Yep. It's so good. I mean, yeah, as somebody who's had that experience it is such a, that is like the biggest encouragement more than the, mm-hmm. the applause, the cheers, the accolades, the views, the booking, the opportunities, any of that stuff. Like, seeing somebody come up to you with a poem that they wrote mm-hmm. after you performed and be like, I don't know what to do with this. I just like started writing mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is like, this is divine. Like this is what I get mm-hmm. to, to unleash and unopen, like open up and for somebody else, because that was what was done for me. I did not start writing spoken word until I saw it. And I was like, I think I'm supposed to do that, mm-hmm. but I've never written anything in my life. And then, few months later some stuff happened i started writing but i've i've that is such an encouragement you know yeah. like whenever what you do and what you carry creates the opportunity for somebody else to start yeah that's that's life 
Yeah. And has like the I biggest think, thing. I think we're missing it. If it's, I think that when we make art, if it's not causing people to want to multiply, mm. like and create, then we're then we're missing it as as believers who make art, right? Or even just in artists in general, like it should inspire others to want to like dig in, you know. Oh, that's so good. It's such like a what you just said. Maybe to some people's like, yeah, of course. And other people's like, is that true? Is that how I live my artistry life? Mm -hmm. If you're an artist listening to this, is part of your goal and expectation that you doing it is equipping and empowering other people to do it? I don't know if that's like a normal thing, but that is a normal thing and ripe. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the things that I think makes us unique is that we've never been stingy with our space, with our opportunities, with our people. It has never been about four more bar the door. Mm-hmm. It's like literally been, man, these people are coming into our community and now God's like raising them up from within. And um, I had a crazy weird moment the other day where I was realizing like Ripe Creatives, right? We have this name because of the Ripe Community and Creatives Philly being this platform. That's why we called the nonprofit. But what I started to realize is that the community of Ripe is becoming... Um, creative artists like there's something that's happening where people who identify with ripe are getting this unleashing happening in them where they're becoming artists and creatives and then there's also this reality where artists and creatives that come to our platform perform on our platform Mm -hmm. are somehow getting grafted into the community of ripe and it was just like this oh this is interesting because from a branding perspective it wasn't intentional we stumbled into this name Mm -hmm. But you're realizing, oh, this actually has some significance because this is what's actually happening. It's becoming a thing where Ripe is obviously throwing this platform, but the platform is starting to become kind of a feeder back into the community. And you're like, oh, yeah, like this is a a synergy, so to speak, between these two entities that make up ultimately Ripe Creatives as a ministry nonprofit. So, yeah, I'm like... This is such a good testimony of that actually happening um, in light of what we're going to talk about. So the night itself, June 7, 2022, fire. Yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now, you said coming off stage, you started to feel convicted about something. Oh, yeah. Big time. And you called me, I think, what, two days later, three days later, something like that. I'm not a very patient person, so that sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) I was impressed that you waited that long <laughs> good good that's good i'm working on it <laughs> yeah we had a we had a pretty stellar conversation on the phone and yeah just you tell me what drove that call and then we can talk together about the the nature of that call yeah i mean i had been hanging out in the ripe community just as a friend as somebody who i was i'm friends with emily phillips who was on the podcast before um for the gallery and i i was already just like immersed I guess in the culture I already believed in what a lot of the artists were already doing and coming to events and I was at good soil and I was being affected and influenced and then I had this moment at Creatives Philly that convicted me to be like you can't get away with just making music in Adam's attic and releasing it and not stewarding it into a room like you're ministering to people. I know you're a worship leader, but I need you to be an artist who affects people. Like that you use what I'm putting in you and these songs that I'm putting in you mm. to to affect people and to to steer them to me. Like 
and to encourage them and to show them that I'm love and life. And I, once I started to sit and I was like, all right, we're not going to get away with this anymore. <laughs> like I, I was, I had to do something about it. So I prayed about it and I sat in it and tried to picture what it would be like for me to be in a more official capacity in RIPE. Um, but I knew that I only have so much influence in that, right? Like I had to bring it to you. Um, and I talked to Emily a little bit about it uh, right before I actually probably did call you because I'm an impulsive person sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I called her and I was just like, I, I think that I think that I want this, but I don't know if I should wait to be asked or if I should pursue it. And she's like, yeah, I mean, Scott can't stop talking about Tuesdays. So I think that you just need to go for it. Like you need to, you need to show that you want this because that's how it's happened in the past. Like people are around the community and they want to be a part of it. And so I called you and with the expectation of just having conversation and being like, what does this look like? Am I honestly, I'm like, am, am I like within the vision? Cause I never want to be a part of a vision that I'm not supposed to be a part of. Right. Cause then mm -hmm. that deters me from the path that I'm supposed to be walking. Um, and that conversation was, you know, we talked about it. We kind of, you set the tone for like what it is to be an official part of Ripe Artists. And I don't know if you want to talk about that specifically or if you've enlightened people to like what the Ripe artist side of things is. But Yeah, I mean, so the biggest thing is it's not just my call. Sure. Right, like in our covenant, we actually have a covenant as a community where we, part of our honor value, because we have like five you know, values, honor, excellence, purity, uh, family, and growth. And in that honor one, we, we make decisions together. So I can't arbitrarily say, hey, so-and-so is now a ripe artist. All you other ripe artists that have been here for a, bit, a minute, deal with it or mm -hmm. get to know them, build a relationship because they're in. In the same way that ripe worship, Emily's not just arbitrarily going and adding people into ripe worship without the entire worship team saying like, yeah, we want to invite this person in. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it's like a checks and balances. It just makes things super healthy. And so with, you know, you bringing it up and I ended up going and taking it back to the, to the crew. And one of the guys in the ripe artist end was just like, does she know what she's asking for? Mm -hmm. Cause to be an artist and pursue your music and release stuff and have some level of accountability, like you got to really want it. Like, mm -hmm. is she just, you know, have a couple songs and want to get onto some gigs sometimes, or is she really pursuing this? You guys ended up meeting one-on-one -on -one and talking or two-on-one -on -one and talking. And it was, he just started laughing because he was like, Oh my gosh, like you're so ready for this. Yeah. Like this isn't like just something on the back burner that you're, you know, wishy-washy about at all. This is something you, you were going to pursue with or without. Right. Yeah. But that but, didn't really happen until creatives. Yeah. That, that like, moment where it was like you will pursue this whether you are a part of ripe artists or not was that didn't happen until and I mean I can go into the detail of what that looked like for me that I guess month and a half two months after yeah but that moment it was when after I had the conversation with you and I knew that you kind of had to start to discuss it with the group and like I was just I was committed to be like what happened at creatives Philly has to be carried onward in legacy whether they are helping you do that or if they're just encouraging you as like you know like as a as friendship like in um, if you're a part of it or not like mm -hmm. you gotta go for this and 
you have to be able to do this as like yourself, just do this for yourself. And so, I mean, a lot happened after that for me yep. that I was able to share with Aaron. It was kind of this moment. Yeah, it was, it was, yes, Aaron was the person. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, I was like, as soon as I said it, I was like. <laughs> it was going to be like, dang. <laughs> no, nah, he, um, it was not from a bad place at all. It was just like, I think it's important for people before they say, I want to be a ripe artist, they understand what they're saying yes to from an expectation end of things and from a culture end of things. And what I what I said to everybody is I said, look, does she have the gift, right? Is she have a calling? Does she have character? Like those are the three things that I'm before we can invite so is it if the character's messy, I don't care how good you are and how much you're pursuing it. If the character stuff is off, not a chance are we inviting you in to be a ripe artist. Like it there's no way that that makes any sense for anybody in our community. For us as a ministry, we can't put people on a stage that are being messy and not following Jesus with their whole heart, not handling conflict the right way, not, um, you know, investing in kids the right way, not, you know, like people who are kind of, you know, peeling off and doing their own thing. If they're not there for the same motivation of why we're all there, it does not make sense to identify that person to be a part of a team. And we've had a bunch of discussions as, as ripe artists about we don't even really have a goal of trying to go out there and recruit people to be artists for ripe. Like, it's more who is God raising up from within ripe? You know, like, who are the people that have already been a part of the community, serving in the community, showing up, being a part of the lifeblood of what ripe is as a community first, and then God starts highlighting them or God starts stirring something in them, and now they feel called to steward something in a bigger way, that makes sense. And that's exactly what happened with you. You know, because you said, oh, we had trust when you were on stage. We have trust because we've known each other for seven, eight years. Like, I met you in 2015, 2016, around worship stuff, where you were coming and serving at the Philly Project in worship week after week after week after week. Right. And you carry, and you're an amazing worship leader. But deeper than that was your character. Yeah. Right? Like deeper than that has always been who you are as a person, mm-hmm. the way that you pursue your own business and entrepreneurialism, mm-hmm. the way that you carry yourself day in and day out. There's no excuses, right? Yeah. Um, that stuff was so attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Forget the music. Mm-hmm. Who you are as a person was attractive. Then you start showing us the music you've been working on, <laughs> and you're like, fam, she is tough, you know? Like, it's really, really, really good stuff. And it's versatile. It can be in certain spaces for, like, ministry conferences and youth and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it can also hit the secular open mic stage Mm -hmm. or the bar or the club or whatever and be a part of some other type of setting where it can actually affect people Mm -hmm. right where they are. And, yeah, I to me it was a no-brainer. It took us a, a, you know, a process that we go through with everybody um, but on, you know, a family night a few months after the Creatives uh, Cafe event in June, uh, we extended the invitation to you and you said yes. I did say yes. Which is so And exciting. you were like, you want to think about it, pray about it, because you guys are so careful to make sure to give everybody the space to, you know, process and take it home and take it to the Lord. And 
But I mean, I would have never pursued it in the first place if I wasn't already. Like, I mean, God had already had that conversation. So I was ready to say yes. And you were like, okay, but seriously, though, like, yeah. just sit on it a little bit. Because what if you go home and you start freaking out? Like, and it never, that didn't happen. You know, I yeah. was, I was yeah, just, solid on it. As I mean, much as you're impatient, Scott's impatient too. Because I remember he's he's like, we have the conversations like when that was up in yeah. the air. He's like, all right, guys, so so what we're we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna wait a couple months. Like we're gonna we're gonna sit this out. Like really think it through. Like have her like come in, be part of the community for a little bit, and then literally two days later, he's texting every group chat, guys. Can she join? I need yeses from everybody right now. And he's hitting everybody up. He calls me up. He's like, dude, what do you think? Is it a yes? I was like, what do you mean a yes for what? I had just like come off some long bender of a gig. And I was just like, what are you talking about? He's like, Eva, is she in? Like, can she be a ripe artist? I was like, why are you asking me? I'm the sound guy. And he's like, nah, you're part of the ripe fam. Is she in? I was like, yes. Yes. Why would I say no, Scott? Yes. <laughs> he's like, okay, cool. Hangs up like right there. I was like, what? Toss my phone across the room. And then he's like hitting all the group chats. Hey, we're going to ask her tonight. I was like, what happened to like <laughs> a couple no months? He's lying. He's lying. He's being exaggerated. You're going to act like I you're not, not on fire exaggerating. like that. No. You said we were going to wait till like January. You can't see his face right now, but he's smiling from ear to ear because yeah, he knows it's true. I don't know. That's what that's <laughs> It might have been something like that. No, but I, I, the process of getting everybody's yes is just a process. Like, would it be quicker and easier and smoother to not need to do that? Sure. But we would run into situations. We have people in and out of the lineup, in and out of the group, in and out of the collective, because it was one person's MO to get somebody to come instead of a yes from all sides. Because this is with Emily. Emily's on staff with Ripe Creatives. That didn't just like happen, right? That was me and Wifey as the founders of Ripe Creatives. Like, what do we think about this? Yes. My board, like my ministry accountability board of Ripe Creatives. Yes. ACT, vetting her through an application process. Yes. Then the team of Ripe Leadership at the time, all yeses. Like, we wanted to make sure. Agreement. That there was agreement across the board. And that's the great thing, like, that makes Ripe so unique. Like, as much as Scott and Darlene are the heads, like, the face of Ripe, they don't take it as we're the overlords of it all. I haven't seen any decision in Ripe outside of, like, maybe a creatives event not made by a group of people. And that's why everyone calls Ripe – every time I describe Ripe somebody, I call it a community. I don't mm-hmm. call it just like this organized thing that we do together. No, it's a community because of how much it takes everyone. It it's takes a, the whole yeah. village to run. It's a flat it's a flat leadership model. I mean, that's the goal anyway. Sometimes that can be hard to get stuff done sometimes, you know, like we we have a we have trouble picking like big things that we're yes. like when are we going to when are we going to do this huge thing again or are we going to do this thing? I don't know. Okay, you know, and you, you sometimes maybe miss the bus on certain things. Um, but I think the alternative in a world where, and everybody's young, right? And so they've been around domineering leadership or they've listened to the Mars Hill podcast and, you know, they like interpret everything that they go through as this is, you know, manipulation and power trip type stuff. Because there is a lot of that in people and we are all broken, fallen people, mm-hmm. and when we get leadership, responsibility, and authority, we can hoard that over. And so, like, a, a way to try to counter that is 
involving people in decision making and trying to do your best to get everybody's yes. Um, you can't get everybody everybody's yes, but in this instance, becoming a ripe artist, every single other ripe artist should have a say. Yeah, it makes no sense for Rashid or Abel or Rick or whoever to to have an artist being invited into a collective that they've helped build that they don't affirm, mm -hmm. calling gifting character, right? Mm -hmm. Or and like fit, like do they fit? Mm -hmm. And I think you're a perfect fit because I think one of the things that makes ripe unique is the fact that we are eclectic. And we are in different genres and we all do different styles of things and have different tones and sounds. And it works together beautifully whenever we are together on a, on a gig where we all have the same audience. It like works. But then there's also the reality that each of you could go do your own thing mm -hmm. and have your own audience that you're building as well. Right. And there's value in that, you know. Um, but yeah, it's you don't have a, too many stories like this where... You have an open mic, and then you know a few months later, you have somebody joining the team officially because right. it wasn't just what happened at Creatives. Maybe that was the the push, but you had already been writing music, you had already been releasing music. Mm -hmm. It was more God saying, "Yes, stop wasting time." Yeah, you know, you were stewarding it, but it wasn't as clearly. Oh, I'm supposed to be stewarding this. Yeah, you know, I think up until this moment. I don't think the music was ready yet either. I was still figuring out who I want, like what sound I was. And honestly, the timing, I don't think I would have been able to enter into something like being a part of the ripe artist community in an official way because like there was nothing there to come alongside quite yet. You know what I mean? Like mm. there was, there was something still being cultivated in me as a person. And I was still like, I still needed to be in the secret place making music and exploring like, what like what is my brand as an artist and a believer and somebody who wants to influence other people and so i mean even out of that night like i there were i feel like there were two two one awesome connection that happened which is that i connected with Brian Thomas yep which he is i mean he's excellent in, in like he's character like the kid's got heart yes he is just an overall I can't say it any other way. He's a lovely person. Yep. Um, and he also is excellent. His music, the production, the way he presents himself on stage, the way that he orchestrates a moment with and people. And tours. And tours. And he's a one-man band. I mean, you when you look at what he does, you're like, this has this takes a ton of time at home, running the track back, making sure everything lines up. Like, it's... It's he can't mess up really like in those moments you know what I mean there's a certain level like if I mess up a lyric like nobody is gonna be like super if he misses a misses a drum hit the synth doesn't come in like do you know what I mean it's like he's really really cultivating like a super unique sound and so getting to meet him was really cool I think that we immediately kind of saw that like there's overlap genre wise um, for what you know vision and just it clicked in and so I'm actually gonna be opening for him for his album release show which mm -hmm. is i mean what an honor first of all but then just like getting to support him and knowing that this all came out of like this one night like there's so much that was yep. started at creatives philly 
the, June 7th. June 7th. Yeah. Like that's yep. June 7th was the day that like so much started to happen. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's like a really, I think going to be a, a long-term partnership between him and I, like supporting one another and calling each other out as artists. Like, Hey, this person's great. Like book them for this job. Like you want them at this um, event or you like, you want them working with your students. Like there's just, I, yeah, there's a certain camaraderie that was like really, it was meant to be that we met that night. Yeah. Speaking to the level of excellence of how we do creatives, I'm doing sound for that show. Aunt G is DJing that show. And oh, yeah. like SD and a bunch of other ripe musicians, like people who are in the band that night are his band for his concert <laughs> yeah, as well. <laughs> it's, it's June 7th all over again. Yes. It's, it's going to be amazing. Really... Am I hosting? <laughs> are you? I don't know. No, Yo, no, Brian. Yo, Brian, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> and he's got Unwanted coming out too. Wow. Oh, does he have yes. Unwanted coming out too? Yes. He literally just took the whole yeah. lineup. And yes. on, Ty, on Ty is opening, which she's already, you know, yeah. she's hanging out with I just right was on the phone with her last night. Yeah. Crazy. Man, look at God. Yeah, and even the Jake, I mean, that you're, what you're saying is so accurate because, I mean, we, we do one of these almost every month, but we really wanted to pick this date because it felt significant, mm-hmm. you know, to talk about a creatives cafe. And I'm sure there will be other creatives cafes, yeah. open mic events that we'll need to like really press into. But that night, like obviously you, this story, but then the connections with Brian and even like Jacob, right? Like it's such a small detail, but Jacob came as an open mic performer and really was just an accompanist accompanist whatever that is for his sister kim then he got selected as well to perform and then you know at a future open mic he was in the band Mm -hmm. and i had a conversation with him that night where he was like i'm down to play anytime he's like it's not an ego thing you know if you guys don't want to use me you have another keys player cool but this was great i loved it and i would love to be back and i was just like Wow, that's amazing because all these types of things seem to happen at every event where it's building towards a more cohesive and more um, tight, you know, ultimate production that we can do at creatives because of these connections and relationships that happen. Props to Jacob real quick because, like, he he's a great player. Like, he absolutely killed it when he played at that, that open mic. But, like, there were a couple times where the track was going and Ant's, like, messing around with the deck and i'm i'm hearing like this synth sound i was like wow whoever made this track has this synth going for a really long time and then i look down ants playing nothing that's all him on the keys like he picked it up or he like made it with the track and it like fit so perfectly with what whoever was doing like yeah uh, people who can play by ear blow my mind yeah people can play anything blow my mind because i can't play a thing (laughs) (laughs) i can play my voice from time to time but that's about it um, but seriously, Eva, it was, it's been such a joy to see you, um, yeah, just see this entire thing unfold. Um, you know, you, yeah, like relationship over time builds trust. And so like whenever you called, it was just like, for me, this is a no brainer mm-hmm. for Emily. Obviously it was a no brainer and is still like in the process of getting to know you better. Mm-hmm. Jarrett and you guys have worked on stuff even for Top Mop Productions and the Futon mm-hmm. Sessions and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, this is an overflow of relationship. Mm-hmm. Her being grafted into be, you know, our next right artist is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, yeah, it's just God is such a unique God in the way that he knits things together and, and makes all this stuff possible. So um, I'm thankful you're here. 
And I'm excited because I don't think that this will be the last time you'll be on Time is Right. Because I believe that there will be events that you'll be on mm. that we'll have to talk about down the line. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to hear your voice back on this podcast again in the future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was, it was such a joy to look back on it. And, you know, now now that I'm in it and pursuing music in a more, just at a higher caliber, it's it's encouraging. It remembers why. Even just, it's so, e- we're so easily forgetful of like even something that happened two months, three months ago that was maybe so impactful or, um, and so, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for, for what's to come. Amen. It's good. Um, to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, most of you that are here are probably partners and supporters of Reb Creatives because uh, you get these episodes directly. So if that is one of, if that is you that already partners with us, we just want to say thank you so much for making uh, Ripe Creatives possible. Uh, this podcast, our uh, creatives events, you know, even this open mic, these stories don't happen without your uh, ongoing partnership and support. Uh, if you're somebody who just kind of stumbled upon this podcast some other way, uh, we would love to invite you to literally consider uh, becoming a partner of Ripe Creatives. All of your support helps us uh, throw more events like the one that we talked about today and for more stories like Eva uh, to happen in the future. And so, um, yeah, you can do that very, very easily just by jumping on our website, ripecreatives.com, and click the Give button, and uh, all donations are tax-deductible, all that kind of stuff. And uh, side note, if you become a partner, you get into all of our creatives events for free. We just add you to the guest list. Um, So, you know, if you're in Philly and you're local and you partner with us, you can come to any of these events. You never need to get a ticket again. Um, Who knows? You might see the next ripe artist before they're the ripe artist. I know. I mean, it's it's crazy. This is what happened that time. Um, Also, if you want to join our community line, uh, that's a text service where we send out links like Eva's Music. Uh, now, you know, we'll be sending out whenever she drops songs. We'll text it directly to you. Um, just text the words time is ripe uh, to 215-273-3540. That's 215-273-3540. Text the words time is ripe. So we know you heard about it through the podcast. And uh, you will get all the links for all of our artists and links to shows whenever we're doing shows, all that kind of stuff. It's just our way to beat the algorithm. Uh, Because social media sucks. But hey, we love you. Thank you guys again for tuning in. And until next time, stay right. you planned